Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 Manigen who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. This is Miranda Mitchell, your host. Today is a teaching day. It is a day that I choose to go into the chart in some way or form and either explain, teach, or go deeper into a different layer within the chart itself so that you can have your chart with you. You can look at your chart. You can listen, take notes, pause, go back and forth. And this way, it gives you the opportunity to start to recognize patterns or recognize energies and see if this feels aligned with you. So many people are talking about human design now. It is becoming more and more mainstream. And I have noticed that even with AI, there is a lot of information and there's a lot of content that is being put out there about human design. I will also say that a lot of this content is inaccurate. I have noticed there are specific things that come up that I have read that either are inaccurate totally or creates a different lens than what it truly means. And I know that we all perceive things from our own unique lens, and that is why Ra had said it was told to him not to have human design as something that was trademarked, that it was for the masses, that it is for everybody. And also, it is through our own perspective and our own lens that we get to experience and reflect on and integrate human design into our lives. So it depends on who your teacher is. And each one of us are drawn to different people because of the energy of who they are and the way that they teach or the way that they guide things. For me, human design gave me the tangible evidence that I needed for myself because of my undefined head and open ajna and my 48 and my undefined G-center. I needed this tangible evidence to prove to myself, which I do have the well center defined, so I am here to prove. It was to prove to myself that the Things that I had believed about myself or the perceptions or the beliefs that I had carried and worked through and the traumas that I have worked through and the beliefs that I had created about the energies of my system and slowing down, 
that it was in fact true, that it wasn't something that it wasn't something that was just in my head. With a totally open Ajna, if you think about it, Ajna is conceptualization and beliefs. For me, I receive a lot. I am so open-minded, so open-minded that I believed that I didn't know anything because I was so open-minded and so open to new perspectives and always learning and always wanting to know the next thing. And because of that uncertainty, I felt like I didn't know anything when, in truth, that is where my wisdom is. And this totally open Ajna, that is where I get to be the fully wisest because it's totally open. I get to experience this in many different variables in many different ways. So for me, I needed that. I needed this tangible evidence of human design to ground me into my physical self, to ground me into my embodiment because I did not embody. I had undefined G, my love direction identity switches, it evolves, it moves, it's chameleon, it's the way that I am designed to grow, to learn, to evolve. But because I didn't understand this about myself, I questioned myself on my validity of who I was. Human design is through the perspective of your own self. And it is through the perspective of the teacher or the guy that you choose to work with. And the thing that's frustrating to me is the fact that all the information is so out there. But the thing is, the information is out there. But what is information if you don't embody it? What is information if you don't sit back? What is information if you're not practicing your strategy? What is information if you know all the things about your chart, but you're not doing any of it? It's just there. It's just information. You're not embodying it. As a generator type, a Manny Gen, we are here to embody. We are here to be on this physical form. What happens when you are constantly taking in information, but you're not doing the work? You're not embodying it. It's just information. It's just in and out of the head. You may know it, but you're not living it. Your body is not in tune with it, which is what human design is. It's learning about trusting the body. It's trusting your innate knowing within your body and letting your body make the decisions over the mind, which we've been conditioned to do. So it is about the body. Taking in all the information is not embodiment. Taking in all the information and doing a little bit of work for a month, three months, six months. I'm sorry, it is not embodiment because you will be using this forever as you get triggered, forever as you grow and evolve, forever as you shift in who you are, as you get older, as you're a parent, as you have partnerships or relationships. It is ever growing and it is about the process of going back. So the information is out there, yes, but it is not through the experience. It is the experience of the embodiment that fully helps you release the ease. It helps you release that struggle. It helps you step into the ease. It helps you stop focusing on those things that 
are not worth your focus. It is those things that you get to live and be fulfilled in with the practice, not with just the info. I've been diving deeper into the sacral, the sacral response, because within my embodied voice journey that I am currently teaching, we are diving deep into the authorities. And within that, there is a lot of nuances. There is a lot of things out on the internet that say, okay, sacral response, uh-huh, uh-uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah. It is. You do respond through the uh uh-huh and uh uh-uh. It depends if you have split definition. It depends on what you have connected to the sacral. It depends what gates you have in the sacral defined. There are so many nuances that it's not just basic. So I am going a little deeper today rather than just the sacral response, but I wanted to talk about the sacral response because I've been personally doing my own work, as always, learning, integrating, practicing, noticing, reflecting, getting called out, going back, doing the work, reflecting, shifting, moving, changing, all the directions, constantly. It's not as hard as it seems because you get to do this during your everyday life. It's just the awareness of that sacral response. It's the awareness that I responded from the head. It's the awareness of, oh, I responded with "Mm mm-hmm, rather than even really thinking about the question. It is the awareness. And the only way that you become aware is if you pause, if you reflect, if you digest, if you, depending on what arrows, if they're to the left or the right, as far as your manifestation arrows, there are many nuances in how this supports you. Just know that what supports me may not support you. Just because you're a manifesting generator 2-4 with sacral authority, single definition, that does not mean that it's the exact same as me because there are many, many nuances. Yes, the first is tuning onto your sacral. Is it, is it open? Is it alive? Meaning, do you have a connection to your gut feeling? Do you have a connection to the uh uh-huh and uh uh-uh? Are you answering your questions, yes, no, yes, ma'am, no, thank you, all of those, or are you tuning into that response? Are you practicing? Are you asking people to ask you questions in a yes and no response rather than an open-ended? Open-ended responses are wonderful for projectors, manifestors, and reflectors, not for generators. It is yes or no. So when we are asked a question that is an open-ended question, it's very frustrating. One of the things that I dislike to be asked all the time is, oh, where do you want to go to eat? My answer is always, eh, I have no idea. I don't know. Because I seriously don't know. Everything in my head starting to go. I'm thinking of all the things I could eat, but it's like so overwhelming. I don't even want to think about it. It's just like, you decide. I don't care, right? So for me, for generator types, it's more so, would you like to go and have french fries? Mm-hmm. Would you like to go have pizza? So it takes a little bit of practice to do those questions in a way that supports a generator type because it's a lot easier and faster. Believe me, as a manager, we like fast. But it is a lot faster to say just where you want to go. But you don't get to the correct answer. And most of the time, 
you aren't even in alignment with where you want to go because you're just settling because you truly don't know. Open-ended questions. Practicing that. So important. After you understand, after your sacral is alive and you're, it's responding, then it's about going into those deeper layers of what is attached to your sacral in the way that you respond. For example, my chart, I have the sacral defined, colored in. It is connected through a channel to my root, through the 952. Then the gate 9 and gate 52 come together, they create a channel, which then makes my root defined. So my sacral is connected to my root. Then my root is connected to my spleen through the 38, 28. So gate 38 and gate 28 come together and they make a channel, which then connects to my spleen. So I have the sacral energy connected to my root, connected to my spleen. Then my spleen is connected through the 48, 16, gate 48 and gate 16 to my throat. So then the energy from the spleen moves also to my throat. So my sacral goes to my root, goes to my spleen, goes to my throat. Then my throat is connected to my ego, my will center, which is the 4521. So then my throat also is connected to my will. So my will goes to my throat as well. I have a lot of activation to my throat which is manifestation, which is the responding through uh uh-huh, uh-uh, which is also the initiating and starting energy. So as a manifesting generator, I am here to see things. I can initiate things when I see an opening for initiation, but then let it go and see the response that comes up. It's not forcing, but when you get a gut feeling because of my spleen, In the now moment, I know I can initiate and say something and then sit back and respond. Each one of us has our own unique way of responding. So let's say through my chart, you can see that my sacral's root. So that's my sacral work on life force goes to my root, which is right timing. It's adrenaline pressure to do. Then that goes to my spleen, which is in the now moment, intuition, directly to my throat. So I speak it. So for me, I am very in right timing. I know when to speak and it just happens if I trust. If I trust in my response, which is something that I've kind of been backpedaling at because I do recognize the fact that there's been times in my life that has been right timing, but I've backpedaled and waited because of fear. Because that spleen, that spleen is all about fears. So if I have this sacral energy that goes to the root, that goes to my spleen, that goes to my throat, I have all of the gate activations in the spleen except for the 57 and the 44. I have all of the gate activations in the spleen defined, which means I have a lot of fears that show up for me. I have a lot of things that can keep me stuck. I could be fearful that I'm inadequate and don't know enough. Hello, conscious son, living that all the time. Have the fear of failure. Hello, fear of failure, not wanting to 
put myself out there because if I fail, then I'll look like an idiot. That was a huge thing when I was younger. Fear of purposelessness. This fear right here is what we're actually in this gate right now, gate 28. This purposelessness. It's all about challenge. The fear of having a life with no challenge. How boring is that? Some people may not resonate with that if you don't have the 28, but I do. I like a challenge. Give me something that is more difficult and something that easy. I'm going to take the more difficult one. It's just the way I am, especially since I also have that fighter energy with the 38 attached to the 28. I have all these fear activations within this chart that could stop me from using my voice, which did for so many years. This way of definition has kept me stuck with using my voice. And all of you know that this is something I've been fully stepping into lately because of the suppression of my voice. Because when I did use my voice when I was younger, it was stifled. It wasn't listened to. It was physically stifled. I wasn't allowed to use my voice without being harmed. All of these fears come up when I'm expressing myself, not only because of these fears, but because of the experiences of what did happen. I created these experiences because of my fears of my voice and what it could mean about me. When you're going into the sacral response, let's say you don't have a defined throat. Is your sacral response more intuitive, your inner knowing, without having to speak it out loud? If you have your sacral defined, connected, let's say, to your root and to your spleen, but you don't have anything else defined, and you have an undefined throat, my daughter is this, then she intuitively will know, but maybe she can't express it. Or maybe she doesn't want to express it. Or maybe she doesn't, she doesn't need to express it as long as she follows it. And you have to actually tune in to that uh-huh and uh-uh. Bring that out into the world. So that is practice that is important. I wanted to touch on some of the activations and what it means if the sacral is connected to different aspects. We have the sacral to the throat. The sacral to the throat witnesses responses as a physical movement rather than sound. So for me, because I have the sacral to my throat, a lot of the times it is through my words, but I'm already moving. I'm already, especially with enthusiasm or sound because of my gate 16 and connected to the 48. It is through that movement because the sacral energy is life and workforce. And then the the manifestation of the throat is through the movement of those words and of the sound into the external world. When the sacral is connected to the spleen, this means that the responding through the sacral sound, the spleen tells you if you're healthy. Here's another interesting fact. I have the sacral connected to my spleen. I also have the will center. The will center gives us the opportunity to push through things in life. Even though you feel like you don't want to do something, if you made a commitment, then you push through and you do it. Now, if you have the spleen also defined, the spleen will tell you, if you do this, this is not healthy for you. You're going to get burned out. It's going to be too much. It's an uh-uh. But then the will center will be like, well, I made a promise. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to push through, which then what happens? You become sick because you're, you're pushing through your response. Your response is a no. 
but you're using your willpower or you're not listening to the spleen when it's like, uh uh-uh. So it's important if you know, if you have the sacral and the spleen, both defined. The sacral to the G center. This responds through identity. So when you are responding and the sacral is connected to the G center, this is your identity responding, which can be very scary, which could make you want to not use your voice because very vulnerable here. If you're responding with your identity and someone shuts you down, then that can be heartbreaking for you. That can have you close off. When the sacral to the G center, it is through your identity. And you have to identify with your uh uh-huh, not for someone else or something else, or it would be a good idea. It's more so for your identity. The sacral to the root, again, I mentioned a little bit about this. There's a drive to respond quickly because the root is all about this pressure, this pressure to do, this intensity, this urgency, the right timing. It's tuning in to that pressure in right timing. The sacral to the emotional solar plexus is complex because it's an interplay between the sacral's immediate response and then the emotional wave, depending on which wave it is. So it it involves a dance between the immediate response of the gut, of the uh uh-huh, uh-uh, and then the emotional processing. For the emotional solar plexus, if you have the emotional solar plexus connected to the sacral, you will have emotional authority, which means you're not designed to make quick decisions. And that is why your sacral will say yes, but then you have to wait out through your emotions to process if that is right for you. Because our emotions fluctuate depending on who we're with, how we're feeling. Our emotions fluctuate. You each have your own unique emotional wave and tuning into that is important for your awareness and your sacral response. The sacral to the ego has a strong sense of self confidence and it might be expressed with assertiveness. I have this in a roundabout way. I have the ego connected to my throat as well. I do talk in the I am. However, because I also have other motors connected to my throat directly or indirectly, I don't always talk about I am. Whereas someone that only has the ego connected to the throat may always talk about themselves. The sacral to the ajna, and that's connected, it's potential for structure and organized thought. This is an interesting insight because it is still important to tune into the sacral, not letting the mind take over, which the mind likes to do. Knowing, first of all, do you have the ajna defined? What is it connected to? Is it a split? Is it directly connected to the sacral? How, is, how are your dynamics of your definition? And how do you work with the interplay of both of those? And are you truly turning into your sacral or are you letting your mind and ajna take over? And then the sacral to the head, which creates a lot of mental pressure to think and figure things out. Again, it's the mind and how that would take over. You can see how the sacral authority is very important. Uh Uh-huh, uh-uh. Then there's the elements of, do I have split definition? What is my split? Is it small split? 
quadruple split? Like, what kind of split is it? What what centers are defined and what centers are connected and what centers are not? And then from there, knowing what centers are connected to your sacral, so you can tune into what your sacral response, where does the energy move through for you to respond? What lenses is it moving through before you get to speak that out? These are the deeper nuances within the chart. And I wanted to share this just because there's information out there, yes, but it's going deeper into the practices, the embodiment, having that support or guidance to look at that chart and say, this is what you have defined. How much are you conditioned in this space? Do you need to let go of this conditioning? How can this energy be in a higher frequency when you respond? What do you need to let go of? There are so many layers that you get to, and I am saying get, that you get to experience, that you get to explore, you get to know yourself at a deep, deep, deep level. For all of you that know, I love depth. Give me surface level, I get bored. It is, it just is. It's part of me, it's part of my essence, it's part of what I'm here to bring, it's part of what I'm here to guide in. And if you are wanting the depth, then that is practicing with repetition and going back and practicing and then adding it in, embodying it, asking the questions. I would love any feedback that you have on this. You can send me any questions. If you don't have your chart yet, go to my website, miranda-mitchell.com. Enter in your birth date, birth time, and birth place. I will send you your chart with a little bit of info and a video on what it means for you as far as the first action step. If you're wanting to go more into depth, on your response, or you're wanting to go into areas of where you're suppressing your voice and why, reach out to me. I have introductory session, and I also have a liberating your voice session where we focus on where you're constricting yourself. This part of the process of the voice is near and dear to me because it's where I'm at currently. It's learning to express myself in the most authentic way without worrying about conformity, without worrying about what other people feel about me, going deeper into my shadows and why I experience that. And I truly feel that most of society, if not all of society, all of society is suppressed in some way with our voice, either out of fear of hurting someone's feelings, out of fear of not being enough, being told when we were younger we have to be nice, being told when we were younger we're mean because we expressed ourselves. There's so much. If I can help people step into voicing how you truly feel in a way that is uncomfortable, yes, but liberating, then I know I'm helping. I'm not only helping you, but I'm helping humanity. If you have children, if you have partners, when you speak your truth, and honestly, not through reaction, but through deliberate awareness, even if people don't react in a way that is good, 
and it feels like you did something wrong, it means that you are shifting out of conformity. You're shifting out of that space of keeping the peace, of putting others before you. And I truly feel if we each did that, we would be more fulfilled. We would be more happy. Our relationships would be thriving. Our friendships would be thriving. Everything would be thriving if we were all doing the work. Now, I know we're all not going to be doing the work, but each person that I get to support in that and each person that comes into my life, I'm very appreciative of the work that we do because I do know of the ripple effect. If you have questions, reach out. If you want to ask me about having a session with me, you can send me an email, find me on Instagram. You can also go to my website and send me an email. I appreciate any feedback. I appreciate any connection. And as always, till next time. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.